Get the skinny on Cincinnati sports with Richard Skinner only on local12.com and the local 12 news app. Exclusive content, in-depth analysis, podcasts, and more. Cincinnati sports news 24-7. Get the skinny only on local12.com and the local 12 news app. Welcome in to the new studios, no longer the James Rapine Memorial Studios. It's the first edition of Season 5 of the Angry Quarterbacks. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com with the real quarterback from UC, Carolina Panthers and Reading High School fame, Tony Pike. And he has come back from the depths of hell. It is no longer the James Rapine Memorial Studio. He's alive. Yes. He's been pardoned from the gates of hell, better known as Cleveland, Ohio. He is James Rapine from Sports Illustrated, SI.com. James, how are you? I'm well. Welcome Thanks for back. having me. Man, I, I liked having a studio named after me. Yeah. I was honored. Yeah, well, nice. We had a picture of you in there. We did, in, oh, in, in honor of that. And yeah. here you are back. I bet it was good looking. Tell, tell people how you made it back to the, to the out of the gates of hell, better known as Cleveland, Ohio. Sports Illustrated. Yes. Saved me, I guess is how I should say it. You're for, redeemed. It's the you. Redeemer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we're glad to have you back, and we've got lots to get to. We'll talk some high school football, because it is underway. Some college football, which is yet to be underway. And some NFL and Bengals. And I've got a couple of games I'm going to play with these guys regarding the Bengals. Wow. Including a game I like to call of over-under. Over well, under so, game, so, so just just that. be ready for that. I know I know that. But let's start with some, with some high school football. Uh, we had some broadcasts here from ESP Media this past week on WatchHSSports.tv. Uh, I did the uh, Moeller Bishop Hartley game. Greg Waddell was at uh, Wyoming and Reading. Your Reading Blue Devils put up a fight, losing twenty one nothing. But they were in the game for a long hey. chunk of that game. Tony here they Pike. Come. Here come the Blue Devils. What can you tell me about the Blue Devils for this season? Not a lot. That's what I figured. Oh, I know. I, I uh, let me let me pull it up while you, while you go here. They have a they have a new sign down at Reading. Which is what? Um, it's something along the lines of, we don't whine, we don't quit, and we don't get embarrassed. I, I, <laughs> how about how about we win? We, we want to win? Is there well, any, we I don't see anything does winning and quitting. It's, it's been a rough couple of years, so we're, we're taking small steps. We don't whine, we don't quit, and we don't get embarrassed. Okay. And they didn't. They held their own. But you still lose. Held their own on the road at Wyoming. They actually did. It was nothing, nothing for a long time. Yeah. It was 7 nothing for a long time, and they uh-huh. lost... 21 to nothing. We'll talk about some games coming up this week, but let's go back to, to last week where uh, the game of the week by far, the two games of the week on paper, Lakota West, Cole Rain, because of the rivalry, Tom Bolden involved in the possibility Lakota West was going to snap that long Cole Rain winning streak in the GMC, which they did. But let's talk quickly about uh, about Elder and, and, and LaSalle. Mm. Going into this year, I had many people tell me that LaSalle was probably the best team in the city, regardless of division. They have a terrific secondary. I think all four um, guys are Division One recruits, so two, right? Two guys are. Mac committed. One's Alabama. One's Alabama. One's Ohio State. That's pretty good. That's not a bad secondary. And they somehow gave up fifty-two yeah. points. So, yeah. so you were you were watching it on TV. Yeah. Uh, tell, tell me about how that game unfolded. I was just watching scores keep going by my phone, thinking, does anybody stop anybody in this game? It was a lot like you would expect watching on your phone. No defense was played in that game. Um, it, it's weird because every year you you kind of see the same story from Elder. You're like, ah, they lost a lot last year. And you look at them pregame, and they're a little bit undersized. Drew Ramsey, for them, he played quarterback, played some receiver, played some running back, had a fantastic game. Um, but LaSalle is, outside of the, the secondary, um, LaSalle has some improving to do. Obviously, when you give up that many points. Yeah, the thing in football, it's a crazy game. Yeah. Secondary only counts usually for four, maybe five guys. So they yeah. either need to have a good front seven or front six. So and I, those guys do count. And I think, look, you're you're going up against Pat McLaughlin and Doug Ramsey going up at, yeah. against each other in week one. There's going to be some wrinkles that you didn't expect to see and now how you adjust from week one to week two. 
The only interesting piece that um, that I saw, and, and I thought the, the running back for LaSalle had an amazing game. He's a junior. I think he's going to have a very bright future. But what I thought was interesting is that game at the end of regulation, Elder had the ball close to go for it and uh, ended up kicking. And I think if Doug Ramsey had that back, he would probably go for it because the defense just wasn't getting stops. And it was actually, actually LaSalle in double overtime. Which was a gutsy call. Going that scored for, going and for went two. for it. But yeah. when you think about how this season of high school football is playing out, everyone makes the playoffs. Right. You have a six-game season. So I think you'll see coaches maybe be a little more aggressive because there's not as much to, to lose, I would say, when, when you go for that if, if you lose a game like that. Yeah, I, I, that's where I'm wondering how, and James, I know you're not as entrenched in high schools as you you have been in the past being here, but you're still obviously, uh, you, you know of Ohio high school football, and this is a year where they've tossed the Harbins aside, everybody makes the playoffs. You would have to think that maybe coaches do treat situations and games differently, that um, this isn't, hey, we have to win this week because we need the points. It's more kind of gradually getting ready for those for, for week seven when you when it really finally does matter. It changes the whole landscape, right? Is it Because you can experiment a bit, and you have that freedom, and you don't have to... Or you have You're the freedom right. to Stress go for two it. in overtime. Exactly. Yes. Any of that. You yeah. know, your whole strategy and, and, and everything you, you're you thinking of. I don't want to say there's less pressure, right, because you want to win. At the same time, you can experiment and you can get creative and you can do things that maybe you wouldn't do uh, in another year. No question. And before, and before uh, for the, the way that it's set up this year, is it correct that if you are a team that's 1-5 or 0-6, you can decline to go to the playoffs, Yes, correct? and there may be a handful that and do you that. Play, you, probably, and you could schedule more games against yes, teams that can. also. Yes, you That so is correct. Even in that situation, maybe a, a guy that's being recruited, you get three more games in your high school career. Uh, I think I think it's a good way to, to try to, to balance out what's been a, a crazy offseason. Yeah. Um, the, the thing is, and, and for you as a, as a former high school football player uh, you only in theory get these six opportunities but you are going to get maybe an automatic seventh maybe an eighth mm-hmm. I, I think for coaches and I, and I saw it Friday in the Moeller Bishop Hartley game and, and I'll do a podcast with with Mark Elder you can catch here as well on ESP media um, and it felt like Mark tried to play as many kids as he could play and, and some of that was late when they got up three scores but even throughout the game he was playing probably when the game was on the line 20 defenders, at you know, yeah. 20 different guys on defense shuttling guys in and out. And maybe you get an opportunity to do that. You get an opportunity to let guys, kids play because, A, you're trying to build not just for, for this short season but for the future. And, B, you just don't have a lot of opportunities, so let, let, let guys get yeah. some time. We talked about that with Kentucky sports in the past. You know, you got to just be sure to be playing your best football at the right. end. And, I think and be healthy. And be healthy. And I think that's going to be uh, what you're going to see as the season rolls on with a lot of these Ohio teams now. Yeah, the other game of the week uh, last week, Lakota West beating Colerain 10 nothing. Tom Bolden, the longtime coach at Colerain, second year at Lakota West. Um, some will argue that Tom saw the writing on the wall, and, and maybe he did. But he also, I know from what I understand, got a really good opportunity at Lakota West. I think we've always agreed Lakota West is one of those great untapped potentials yes. in this area where they've always had dudes. They've won, but they've just never won on a grand scale, and and... Tom Bolden, is, he's a really good football coach. I think he's showing now there's been a changing of the guard in that league. Yeah, and and, and well, we waited on this last year. You know, when when's the Colerain run going to end? And last year we thought maybe that was going to be Princeton to do it, and Colerain comes out and they kind of reassert their dominance. But look, at, as at some point runs like that come to an end, I'm interested on both sides. I'm interested to see how Lakota West handles this because now you handle the success a little bit differently, and you have a coach in place that's done it before. And for Colerain – you haven't had this feeling in the league for a long time. You know, now it's it's a test to those guys on how you bounce back from something like that and 
and get the ball back rolling and start a new streak. Yeah, I'd like to see Lakota West because, I, 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 like I said, I've been told by many that LaSalle is clearly the best team in the city this year, but I'm not so sure. And again, they're obviously in different divisions. Mm-hmm. LaSalle's Division Two, West is Division One. so when the playoffs come, it becomes a moot point. But um, the, the the unfortunate part, I guess, of this season is you have a lot of teams playing conference-only schedules, so we're not going to see a lot of crossover games. So it's going to be hard to tell, is that league really better than the other league, etc. But I, I just wonder if maybe West might not be the best team in the city. Which which is crazy about the, the elder LaSalle game, because much like we've talked about in the NFL a little bit already, you would think that defenses would be ahead of offenses right, early on. Right. And both those teams score over 50. I was expecting more of like what Lakota West Coleraine was going to be. 10 nothing. Yes, 10 nothing. Uh, the defense is a little bit ahead of the offense. And that that's what I thought the early weeks of football were going to be. So I think the, the LaSalle elder was a little bit of an outlier of what offenses are going to be. I think it's going to take a few weeks for some right, teams. Let me ask both of you guys kind of a big picture question here. Uh, we will be into week three of Indiana high school football this week. It's obviously going to be week two of Ohio football, Kentucky fingers crossed, is going to start week one, September 11th, although there's still a Got lot of... a little of, hairy that last week. Still a lot of infighting going on there to see if that gets pulled off. It, it seems like they're, they're on that track. James, I'll start with you. Is it the right decision for, for these states to be playing high school football? I think so. I think absolutely. Look, you, you have to play until there's a reason not to. That's kind of how I view it. Yeah. Not just high school, college, NFL, any, any of these sports. And so with high school... You're probably going to have some positive tests. You're and you, definitely you, going to have you, some positive. You tests. know that, right? And, and so the moment that happens, and Tony and I have talked about this a lot, you can't freak out, right? Like, and it's up to the schools to know that going in is all right. Our quarterback might get it, you know, or, or you know, half of the the team at time. Hopefully, not half. Yeah, but but a lot it, of the team, it, uh, whatever number. Yeah, that could happen. And what are we going to do when that happens? Are we going to panic, or are we going to be prepared? And I think that's. It's hard to do, and I'm not saying it's an easy thing, and I just made it sound really, really simple, but it's up to the schools to make sure that they are prepared. No, but, but I think, so, so that's, that football doesn't stop the moment that happens. Yeah, I think it is that simple, though. Um, I think I've told Tony this on, on a radio show. You know, at coaching basketball, we've had a time where two or three guys have had to miss because of the flu. Mm-hmm. So we've had to sanitize the locker room, sanitize the basketballs. Um, we've, we've gone ahead and played on. We've called up a couple freshmen just to fill out the mm-hmm. roster for that night, right? They have to dress. You dress whatever, and you just move on with that night's game, and to, to me, I, I, and I, I think I've told you this, Tony, the few times I've, I've been on the on a radio show mm-hmm. uh, about college football. You hear the positive tests and everybody freaks out at the number, right? 13 mm-hmm. of this, 15 of that, 17 of these guys. I still have not heard a hospitalization from this. Right. I certainly haven't heard of a death. And yeah, one death you can argue is one death too many. But until you can prove to me that I've heard hospitalizations from this among this age group, I can't freak out about this any longer. Yeah. I'm with James. Two guys get sick, five guys get sick. All right, let's shut them down, get mm-hmm. them away. Maybe you go hold your breath and go, boy, I hope they didn't contaminate a few other guys. But if they did, then you take care of them however you have to do it. But I think what Indiana's proven now going into week three, and after I was at that doing the Hartley Moeller game, mm-hmm. I saw people wearing people wearing masks in the stands, socially distant. It was still a pretty good crowd. I think Hartley had, was able to have 600 fans on their side. Moeller was given 200 tickets on the mm-hmm. other side, on their side. And you could see... You had families sitting together, but for the most part, people were staying yeah. pretty safe, wearing masks. Again, it's just a. It seems like a common sense solution to all of this. And I think after, hopefully, after the next month and a half, if high school football can pull it off, we can look around the country and go, "All right, let's stop being scared." Mm-hmm. Okay, let's be smart, but yeah. stop being scared. I think the the interesting thing is how Big Ten the positive tests are handled. <laughs> we saw Kings cancel their game this week, right? And that's going to happen. And the the argument to that is. Okay, so one positive test is canceling games, or should one positive test mean that 
student athlete doesn't play. Right. And you move on because you see it every year. I've been doing UC sideline for multiple years now. There's a game every year where you get on the plane and 25 guys are wearing masks. Right. And then 10 guys didn't make the trip. And you just play. And that's kind of been how you go about this stuff for years now. So to see that and then to see how Kings handled it this week. And I'm not, I don't know which way is right or wrong. Yeah, right. But, but I think you're going to also have that. If that's the decision for that week, and it was interesting because Kings canceled its game with Winton Woods, yep. Fenwick canceled with and Edgewood, and then, and then Winton Woods and Edgewood, Edgewood decided to play. Yeah. Great. Maybe right. that's the solution find, to it. Find an opponent find that way. week. Yeah. And then I was interesting, it was inter- interesting to see uh, Lawrenceburg and East Central opened up the, the slate a few weeks ago. Yep. And it was the only game on, so every – Local news station was there. And, it didn't and, look socially distant. Yeah, exactly. And the big takeaway was student section was full, not a lot of masks, not a lot of socially. So I was holding my breath in week two for Indiana because I'm like, man, I hope that those teams can play. And everything's been great so far for Lawrenceburg and East Central. So I think you get through that aspect of it and I think you maybe breathe a little bit easier. And, and again, one death is one too many. But at the same time, but I could also argue one death from a kid working in the heat, yes. where a coach maybe didn't take the proper precautions for hydration, or yeah. the kid just couldn't handle it, or wide receiver goes across the middle, God forbid, and suffers a, a broken neck and die. I mean, it, yeah. it happens. We've there's just, just a handful of traumatic injury deaths in football every year. There's a, it's a risky sport yeah. to play. We've it's one, it's, the, it's one reason it's the one sport I didn't play. It was too risky. It's it's been a it's been a game for years where you assess risk in the game. I. I had it at, at UC. I, I broke my arm, and I sat down with the coaches and my parents and the trainers. And here's the risk. Here's what can happen from it. What do you want to do? Who got to make that decision? But that's my decision. Right, that's correct. And that's my family's decision. Yes. So to take that away now from players, and look, people can say, well, it's high school. There's seniors out there that are trying to battle and, and get a college scholarship. Or, you know, there, there are seniors out there that are, are getting one more year of football. Uh, before they're done, so to take that away over, and I think you want fear. to end on your terms, right? I mean, right. I, I had a kid that played AU basketball for me. Could have probably played Division two, II, Division three. Decided he wanted to go to Purdue and be an engineer. So he knew the end point for him yeah. was his senior year, right? But he got to end it on whose terms? Right. His terms. Yep. Allow allow people to, to weigh the risk and rewards, and then go from it. Yeah, and I, that's the majority yes. of these athletes. Mm-hmm. That's not the minority. That's ninety nine or ninety eight percent of them aren't playing again after those four years are correct. Up. And it is only four years. So, like, my, my cousin, he's a soccer player at, at Harrison, and he's trying to get a scholarship. He's got a couple offers, but really trying to show, hey, you know, I, I deserve a scholarship. And the, the unfortunate part, he had senior night the other night. Like, yeah. that's that, that's what they're having their senior night. Just to make, sure they, a lot of teams. make sure they get a senior that's night. That's hilarious. Milford did that, I believe, too. Yeah, and it's it's it sucks. Now, they probably play, because I've looked at some some teams have played four and five soccer games already, right? Has yeah, he played yeah, he, yeah, he's played multiple. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's, I mean, but, but there's another sport that they don't know are marching if you're gonna, through. Yeah, they don't know if you're, you know, if you're going to finish right. or not. But, yeah, I, I say leave it up to the parents, leave it up to the yes. kids. And I think back to my high school career, my senior year, even junior, soft, doesn't matter. I would want to play. Yes. Yeah, I think it was Milford that did their senior night week one in, in football. But I, I go back, and, and I know this is the college and the NFL level, if Joe Burrow doesn't have a senior year last no, no year at LSU, he's a six-round pick. Yes. Or a fringe guy. Now he's the number one overall. I've, 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 I've trained quarterbacks all offseason. I've watched them grow. I've watched them grow, but I've also watched their camps are canceled and their chances to get recruiting are canceled. So, you know, at, at, at the very least, let these kids go out and play if they decide to go out and say, look, here's your risk. This is what could happen from it. And if the parent and kid wants to sign off, then go play football. 
Could you imagine Joe Burrow holding Andy Dalton's clipboard? See? That's what it could have <laughs> no, been. No, holding Ryan Finley's clipboard. Oh, even, man. Even, even worse, oh, James. Even far worse Ooh. than that, uh, for sure. All right, uh, a reminder, we got high school football for you on ESP Media. Watch HSSports.tv this week. I'll be doing Moeller East Central. We also have Sycamore at Princeton, Marymount at Wyoming. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk some college football. It's not underway yet, but we're creeping closer to the start. And is the Big Ten having buyer's remorse or at least decision remorse? And, of course, we'll talk some NFL and the Bengals. Lots to get through there as we continue. It's the Angry Quarterbacks Season 5, Episode 1. James Rapine is back from the dead, and we're glad to have him from ESP Media. Ramado has been helping men, and now women, look their best for over 50 years. Established in 1968 by Master Taylor Ramado in the quaint community of Madeira, Ohio, Ramado has become a Cincinnati staple for authentic menswear, bespoke garments, and old world tailoring. Gathering national recognition while staying true to their goal of delivering exceptional products with unparalleled service, Ramaldo is truly a destination for any style-minded individual. Located at 7121 Miami Avenue in the heart of Madeira, Ramaldo is more than just a suit shop. Stop in for anything from denim and t-shirts to sport coats, sweaters, grooming products, and much more. As we approach the holidays, Ramaldo is your one-stop shop for the best gifts for the men and women in your life. Centrally located just 15 minutes from downtown, 10 minutes from Hyde Park, and a quick jaunt from Mason, Ramaldo, suited for the everyday man. 7121 Miami Avenue in Madeira. Episode one of the Angry Quarterbacks. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com with the real quarterback Tony Pike of Jacksonville Jaguars fame. Oh, wait a minute. Carolina Panthers fame. That's yeah, yeah. yeah. Tony Pike. UC fame and Reading High School fame, where allegedly he was a great rebounder for a point guard. Never for, quit. For a 6'6 point guard. Never quit. Did never get embarrassed. Never get embarrassed. Didn't whine. And James Rapine from SI.com. Uh, not a lot to talk about with college football other than I think everybody now, as we look back, is is, is puzzled by the Big Ten's decision to quit when it quit. And the more, and I think I've told you this, the more you think about this in retrospect, I think the Big Ten and the Pac-12, it had everything to do with the players making demands and maybe threatening to unionize than it did with COVID. Because now, they're looking really foolish with all these other conferences marching on. They look ridiculous. They they, they look ridiculous, and that's why you don't panic. I think that that's the reality of, of this is the... the so, so I guess I'll ask you, why do you think they did it at the time they did it? I, I, honestly, I don't know. Maybe, you brought up a good point there. Maybe the, the threat to unionize or something like that. But why not wait and see? Yes. Almost. You know, why push it to January, which is what they were going to do, and now who now, knows Now what? October. I don't know if you saw a former they, Ohio State... every month, yeah. A former Ohio State player, I think it was uh, always a linebacker, Schlegel, I, I can't think of his first name, did a, a whiteboard, he put it on Twitter, where he actually started to schedule October 1st. He's got them all playing eight games. He's got to come out the championship game. He's like, this can still be done. And actually, you know, in theory, it could still be done that way. They, they should play on October, because if you, if you wait till January, you're not getting any of these guys If you playing. wait till Thanksgiving, you can't play. No question. Because I mean, well, you can, but it's not going to make any right, sense. Right, but but if college football starting in September, and the college football playoff dates have already been set, how can you play September, October, most of November, and then the Big Ten just picks up and says, well, "Wait, don't forget about us." Well, you, you do or forget they just about them their because own bowl you, know, games? You, you don't have to worry about them going to the college football playoff. Anyway. You're right. Same for the Pac-12. You're right. So I mean, they're. <laughs> I know. I know exactly what happened. There was a conference call between all Power Five teams, and the SEC and 
the ACC and the Big 12 hopped on a separate call and they said just go with this yeah, guys. Yes. Yes. Their SEC was like, "Look guys, we're going to we're going to go ahead and shut it down." The Big 10 was like, "No, not before we do." Big 10 announced it. <laughs> SEC's like idiots. And and that's the thing is the SEC was never ever going to shut you never heard at least from what I heard. No. That they were like, "Oh, we're going to shut this down." No, I think it was the opposite. I think their whole concept was not only not are we not going to shut down, it's how many fans can we actually have in the stands, yeah. right? Yes. I mean, that was their plan for this. And listen, we could get to September 25th cuz the SEC's opening on the 26th. You can get to that date and, you know, have a huge spike in all these schools and they get to that point go, "We're done." But that's fine. You at least kept kicking it to the point of we have a start date. We get to the start date. We either start or we don't. As yeah. opposed to the Big Ten, way before you ever really needed to make that decision, made that decision. Well, at least try. Right. To your point, you know, you're you're getting to that point and you're saying, oh, hey, we tried. It didn't happen. We've had 52 positive tests in four days. Just kick kick the can down the road yes. until you don't have to. Sure. And just and just keep that positivity going. I, I, have, I have quarterbacks that I train at the college level, and, and the way they're handling COVID – like a a, a, court, a a player in the football dorm got COVID, so everyone's got to quarantine for two weeks, even though they test negative. Right. You got to quarantine for two weeks. It's 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 insane. And and I saw Brett McMurphy, and I want to pull up the tweet because he tweeted out today: Texas Tech, who is um, still playing this year, today eliminated forty positions in the athletic department and salary reductions for all employees earning at least thirty thousand dollars per year. Wow, that is at a school that is making Power 5 money and a school that's still playing football. So the unfortunate and the real side of this, what happens to teams in the MAC? What no, happens I, to schools in the MAC that I, came out and said, we're not playing, we can't risk it? I've said this to friends. I, I truly believe that there's the potential that, that for those schools in the MAC and schools that can't afford it, UC could come to mind if they can't have fans during the course of the right. season. That you have football, men's and women's basketball, baseball, softball, and then you become Title IX compliant, however else you have to become Title right. IX compliant. And everything else goes by the wayside. And I, I can see that happening. It's scary to say, UC did it with their men's soccer program and, and, already. And listen. And that I, was early on. And, and trust me, that was completely using COVID as an excuse to eliminate a program. Mm-hmm. And some colleges have done that, and understandably so, but they were already cash-strapped. Yep. So can you imagine being cash-strapped now? Um, from a football perspective, Tony, um, you got the Big 12. I think they're doing a plus one. Am I wrong on that? Big 12, is the ACC is definitively doing a plus one. SEC is doing conference only. The AAC is doing the grab whatever opponent you can grab theory, um, and then we'll play our league games, and UC's grabbed Army as a mm-hmm. second uh, a second opponent. So they'll have 10, yeah. 10 regular season games. Austin P. Austin P. being the other one. And Austin P's already played a game, which was kind of neat to watch a college football so game on Saturday. Um, could you see, because the Americans always been on that complete outside looking in to get into the college football playoff, and, and you know the, the argument of UCF from the 2017 season, they mm-hmm. claim a national championship. Um, in the SEC, for example, I mean, you could have a team, the best team still go 8-2, and two, right? Maybe 9-1, and one, but 8-2. and two. Big 12, again, maybe the best team goes 8-2. and two. The, the, yep. the the ACC, I think Clemson is so far ahead of everybody else. Yeah, but Clemson's got to get over the Notre Dame hurdle. Yeah, true. But but they're still the, clearly the best team in that in that conference and probably could go undefeated. But could UC be the beneficiary of when you look up and you go, the second best team in the SEC went 7-3. and three, And boy, they're really good, but they also went 7-3. and three. And here's UC. Could argue they didn't play anybody, but they still ran the table and went 10-0. Mm-hmm. Could this benefit them? If, if there was any, ever a year that, that it could happen, it would have to be this year. And uh, and the thought of UC running the table is very viable. Yes. Uh, Memphis, I believe their running back is opting out of the season, which is a huge blow for them. The two hurdles on UC's schedule would be UCF and Memphis. 
But, man, I, I look at a, a team in UC who's bringing back over 75 80% of the roster, back-to-back 11-win seasons. Luke Fickle just signed through 2026. They Desmond got, Ritter's healthy again. Desmond Ritter's going into his junior season. They bring in the best-ranked uh, recruiting class they ever have. And Marcus Freeman, for a lot of people's money, is the best assistant coach in college football. You have all those things working for you. You're playing a little bit weaker schedule in the AAC. I think it, it is completely viable if you get past Memphis and UCF that you run the table and have a legitimate chance. Now, you lose one of those in your yes, history. Yeah, I mean, you have um, to take care of every, right. every part of business. But there's a re- this is the first time that this team's ever been ranked in the preseason AP poll. And granted, there are 20. Well, there's, there's ha- probably half the ones above them. Seven, seven teams above them are, are not, not playing. Play. Right. So 13, 14 would be reasonable for this UC team. So I think absolutely because of their preseason ranking, there's a chance to see them rise up the boards pretty quick. James, UC goes 10-0. and 0. They go 10-0. and 0. Do they get in the college football playoff? Probably. I, I Probably. I, the more you guys talk about it, I think the how matters too. So yeah, it, there's got to be some style points, right? There, there, there has to yeah. be. So you know, you, it can't be 55-51. Tony Pike d- drives downfield to, to beat Illinois, even though you Ooh. guys were up by three scores, but your defense Ooh. was soft, uh, softer than Charmin. Or you know? Armand Bins makes it, the greatest catch ever. Y- Great yeah, catch. Th- that's right. Great you, catch. you know, it, but they put that on a bobblehead. They did, and that's up to Desmond Ritter. Did you get one? I didn't yet. I asked Tony for one. I'm asking him I, if he got one. Yeah, oh yeah, I, I didn't <laughs> get one. Yet. That's what I thought. <laughs> I hope you're still waiting. I should get one before you. Oh, that's great. That's uh, great. But it's going to come down to Desmond Ritter, right? I, I think they'll, they'll run the ball well. They're certainly going to have a, a really high-end You defense. got Alabama's starting running back from last year. Mm-hmm. Dude started game one. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. I mean, it, it'll be fine, even though you know you, you, you had a big loss in the backfield. But when you need Ritter to throw it, when you need him to push it downfield, how's that going to work? Well, Tony, you were around it last year. I mean, he clearly played hurt, right? Yeah, there were, there were two games that they didn't have over 100 passing yards that they won. He wasn't right. Um, but I think what was different last year is Ben Bryant came in and started that game. And they liked what they saw from Ben Bryant. So last year, I think there was a little more of a leash for Desmond Ritter. And I think this year, if you see any of that struggling, they're, they're going to be a little quicker to say, okay, it's, it's Ben's chance. Yeah, it's from Ben's all indications, though, Desmond's won the job. Yeah, De- oh, yeah. Ben, yeah Des has looked great. And, and COVID hurt Ben Bryant because a lot of people thought a spring compete in the spring. If it doesn't work, probably transfer somewhere else. Ben is there, so I don't. I, I think Des is the clear starter. Don't don't question that. But if there are struggles in a game where he has sixty eight passing yards, maybe maybe you do make a a different look uh, this year for him. But it, it'll come down to the receiving core. That's the biggest question for this team. The the thing they have going for them is they go up against one of the best secondaries in the country. Not just not just the AAC. That's a secondary that's ranked in the top seven in the country. It's what six, seven, eight deep. Yeah, worth of guys. Yeah, I mean Javon Hicks last year was Player of the Week. Yeah. two or three different. He's not even he's starting. Not starting right. You get James Wiggins back. Um, so every day of practice, these receivers are going up against the best guys they're going to see all year. So that's only going to help them. And if you're getting nationally ranked out of the AAC at a position group, uh, then you're probably a little higher than that ranking too, because you're going to tend to go Power Five schools. All right. So from a fan perspective for UC football, you, you, we can talk now in terms of no fans. But can you? There's no I'm way. I'm not you, taking any bandwagon either. There's no way you can go through the whole year without fans, right? It'd be devastating. Yeah. It'd be devastating. And we don't want Ohio State bandwagon fans. <laughs> yes, you do. You want no. somebody's going to pay a ticket price? Go root for somebody want. else. Well, there, we don't want you. There's going to be a point where these schools, and I, I think the NFL, I would assume too. Yes. Um, where it's like, okay, you can go to a movie theater. You know, you, you could go to restaurants. You can go to all these places. It's outdoors, This bro. is an outdoor area. 
that holds, you know, let's just in the AAC, let's say 40,000, right? Or 30,000. Well, well, let's do, and I'm not saying Nippert, I'm just saying in general. Well, let's have 10,000 and spread them out. Yeah. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be this this crazy number. And and so, yeah, I think at some point, regardless, you have to let fans uh, and, in. And, 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 I, and I, think it com- I think it comes after September. I think what you've seen is they're going to, I mean, with the NFL, the Bengals can't have fans, neither can the Browns for the, mm-hmm. it's an Ohio rule the first game we don't have to talk about the browns anymore but the bengals in ohio that's a good point i'm sorry james got we too but the next bengals home game is october 4th Mm -hmm. so maybe you get through september and at that point you say okay now we can have x number of fans and it applies to uc as well i will not mention a school's name okay please don't but there was a school locally at the high school level that had a scrimmage that couldn't have fans in the scrimmage and parents at the scrimmage so they sold tickets for the parents to go watch at a local establishment. Together. Together. In, in a group Indoors. where they're breathing on each other. And watch the Indoors. And Indoors. watch the scrimmage on TV. Right. That's ridiculous. That's tremendous. Now, genius on the side of the, of the school to make no some question. money. Right. Sure. No, it's it ridiculous that they sense. couldn't have people outside. No, right. Yes. No, exa- right. Exactly. What are we doing? What are we doing? That's a great and question. And you can separate. Yes. yes. Well, you can se- it's I a mean, scrimmage. Heck, we were at the, uh, not not to dive into the Bengals, we were at the Bengals scrimmage outdoors. And, what and, happened? And we all separated. We they, were distanced. They had, they had little pieces of tape where you could sit, and we were, what, was it like four or five seats in between wherever uh, we could sit? Was rows. I wasn't near anybody. Correct. That's my, dream, that's my dream NFL attending game, where well, I don't have to be around anybody. Any, any fans? Yes. Do they still sell beer? Uh, they didn't on this night, unfortunately. Man. We were all working, though, Well, too. they sell beer against the Chargers? <laughs> That's going to be an interesting question. I say yes, they will. Yeah, but it's, it's just like yes, it's going to be like you're at the speedway. What two hundred people? Well, yeah, that's a good point. No, that's right. The Charger game they will. The, the next home game they will. The, the Jacksonville home. Game if they, they sold beer like, at the Chargers game for, oh, for, buy it. for members of the media yeah. to just like I don't want to have to sit in the press box. I want to, if I want to go sit on the ten yard line, I can it. sit. Can't do it. Yeah, they won't no let stands. it. They're oh. not going to let they'll us. Shoot do you it. on sight. Wow. You'll be shot on site. What, like shoot my temperature? <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh. No. Damn. There's a guy that stands Whoa, back. 99. Yep. Sorry. Yep. If he was only 98.90, he would have survived. That, that oh. guy. All right. Speaking of the Bengals, we're going to talk some Bengals and NFL football when we come back. And segment three is right around the corner. It's season five, episode one of the Angry Quarterbacks from ESP Media. Oil. Yeah, oil and oil. Make sure you do the oil changes. You need to replace your oil. Oil is like the lifeblood of your vehicle. Oil is the most critical part of the engine. For maintenance, repairs, and tires, come in to Firestone Complete Auto Care. Contact Derek Lester at the Kenwood Firestone location for great customer service at 513-401-7892. That's 513-401-7892. Welcome back in Season 5, Episode Number 1 of the Angry Quarterbacks. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com. Tony Pike is the real quarterback of the bunch, supposedly. No longer. Now he's the quarterback whisperer. By the way, I've, I've been remiss. Tell people how uh, how they can get a hold of you if they want to tutor their young quarterbacks in the in the ways of getting the job done at that position, Tony. Man, I would have to put my cell phone out here on online. <laughs> Anthony.Pike16 at gmail.com. That's only real complicated right there. Anthony. Anthony.Pike16. Because that's my Carolina Panthers number. Gotcha. At gmail.com people really remember that part of your career yeah yeah that panthers that panthers this is the only that's the only marketing i do for it 
Anthony.Pike. Just, just did, somebody, email did somebody have Anthony.Pike 15? Yep. No. At the time, yeah. Somebody somebody actually took that away from you? Yep. That's mean. Yep. Did you ask him to fort back? Didn't even know who it was. Who had uh, 15 at Carolina where you couldn't have 15? I don't know. I some, was, I was a new, so, some why didn't vet, you buy the number? Apparently some veteran who was better. <laughs> <laughs> buy the number. Jimmy yeah. Clausen wear 15? No. He was like a single Two. digit, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a single digit. Um, yeah, I'm sorry for that. Yeah. All right. But again, Anthony.Pike16 yeah, at, at gmail.com. All right. All right. So we've all been at uh, Bengals practice throughout the process, at least since the 17th of August when it was open to the media. And I'm just going to open it with a, with a pretty simple question for both of you. What has impressed you? I'll start with you, Tony. What's impressed you and what still has you questioning what this team can do? Uh, two things that, that I question right now is still the linebacking unit because you watch them on the field and the athleticism jumps off. I mean, they are substantially – more athletic than they were last year. But can they tackle? Can, can they, they tackle? be in the right spot? And that was the most disappointing thing, I think, from the scrimmage, is that you were maybe looking forward to seeing them tackle in space. And then this Thursday scrimmage is now a mock game, so kind of Austin Eckler is, is the first chance you're going to be tackling in space at the linebacking level. So no fault to their own, but I just still question what that linebacking unit is because we know where everyone else is on that defense. And then, uh, to me, it's the injuries. And – I don't know if we call them injuries at this point. We, Carl Lawson's had an undisclosed injury now for a while. Carl, uh, Carlos Dunlap, undisclosed. Carlos Dunlap has decided can't, he's had enough of camp. Is yeah. all that is. That's him <laughs> saying, you know what, I I had my great last day in the scrimmage. I, yep. I was a stud, and I'm done with camp. So and, have a good day, everybody. And then the two for me, and I think this will be the two for a lot of people, A.J. Green and, and Joe Mixon. And A.J. Green went out of his way last week to say it was important for him to play in one of the final two scrimmages. And now he doesn't have that chance. He didn't didn't play Sunday night. And the um, next one really isn't a scrimmage. It's right. just a practice session. Yeah, and, and Joe Burrow in his in his post-game or post-scrimmage said, you know, I get one-on-one time with him, but we've all watched the one-on-one stuff. Yeah. And it's not – It's, it's, not it's routes speak. on air. Yeah. A.J.'s not lining up against another DB out there. And I think mentally for A.J. Green, that's something he needed to do. And I think that's something he wanted to do. And the overlying uh, question, again, is Joe Mixon, who we – saw on the field but didn't practice with migraines and then we didn't see him for three days and then he was back on the sideline he's going to be a part of our game here in a little bit our over under game I like by the that way. so oh. just just just, just yep. we'll, we'll go there and then the, the other side of the coin for me is is simply the 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 quarterback and skill position play I mean for a week we didn't have uh T Higgins AJ Green John Ross John Ross and Auden Tate looked great um Michael Thomas Michael looked Thomas really looked great um Stanley, so, Stanley Morgan made a one-handed Stanley catch Morgan. on Sunday. Their their deepest positions wide receiver. Yes. I and how about I think they're keeping eight. Well, I did my my, my last fifty-three projection uh, yesterday after the scrimmage. And I ended up keeping eight, and yeah. and I had a couple of people go, "You're crazy! They're not going to keep eight. But you also got to look at the special teams ramifications of it. Yeah. I think you'd agree with that part of it. And B. When the season goes on, and I know you're going to hate me for this, I can't trust if John Ross is going to be healthy. I can't trust if AJ is going to be healthy. I need a number. Why which would is I hate fair. that? That's which a fact. Okay, thank you. At least it's a fact. At least it's you, a fact. At least you acknowledge he it's a fact. He would admit it. Which it, is fair. And, and by the way, he had a giant elbow brace on the yeah. other day. And, and Precautionary. He, he Well, he went Well, I'll, I'll give him credit. He got hurt in that practice. I thought for sure, James, he was going to leave. Mm-hmm. He talked his way into staying in and actually made another two or three catches in that practice. Yeah, he, tried to, he tried to tough it out. He had three catches. And, and I, well, you know what it was? And and this is me speculating, but I think he had that bigger brace on versus what he has in practice because they wanted to see how it felt Mm -hmm. because he's going to wear that when they're alive and getting hit. Yeah. Just just a little more padding, a little more protection. Um, But, yeah, you mentioned Joe Mixon, A.J. Green. I think Ross Mm -hmm. is because, look, if if you're missing A.J. Green, you still need a field stretcher. 
Yeah. So not having Ross out there, now you're slow. And I don't think T's a field stretcher. I think he can T- do it some. Yeah. Probably not better than Tyler stage. Boyd. But it, yeah. Tate certainly isn't. Yeah, you know, right. he can right. get up, but that's it. I, I don't think you can bang on Mike Thomas, who has 10 co- total catches in his yeah. NFL career. So those two guys, one of them has to be out there really all the time. And they've only played in eight games together right. since Ross was drafted. John that's Ross, his biggest uh, hurdle is going to be his own hurdle. It's just kind of getting over that mindset of, where he's been and well he, he, well, he even talked about that the first day he was back of, mm-hmm. of that very thing and it felt like he he knew that listen I, i'm just gonna have to stop worrying about getting hurt and yeah. what happens in the very first time he's out there he tries to make a play and he gets tries hurt. to climb right. the ladder. And it, and it's, it, it, yeah. it's almost look a lot of people poked at tyler eifert for constantly being hurt and understandably so but his he had so many freak things and a lot of that's with John too. It's just a lot of it's freaky stuff that's happening. Yeah, like that elbow. I mean, the one in Pit- well, the one in Pittsburgh last year. I mean, that's oh, just. I mean, there's just. Yeah, that's not. Sp- yeah. That's not a hamstring or right, a knee or right. you know, he just lands. You know, gets slammed and it lands awkwardly. But but they need him. I, and, yeah. and they need him, and that's why when we go back to to Sunday scrimmage, I would have loved to see AJ and Ross both yeah. get a screen pass, it both was, catch a slant, they're, both, they're, both just get their feet wet a yes. little bit and like, okay. AJ Green hasn't roll. hasn't caught a pass in an NFL game since November of 2018. Correct. Say what you want about Joe Burrow. AJ Green needs that too. No question. And you can't continue to keep all of your players in a bubble and just try to get to week one. Like you, you had Joe Burrow, and, and that that was the, the. I told you the day that AJ Green got hurt, and we're, we kept watching to see if he could work again. it out. I said. You know, Tony, I'm at the stage anymore that anytime he runs any route, just runs a route. If I'm a fan or if I'm a coach, it's like watching Anthony I'm holding my Davis. breath. It's I'm like just, watching Anthony yes, Davis. In you're basketball. thinking at any point now he's going to get hurt. It's just, yep. it's going to it's going to happen. And I, I think will, I'm at that point with AJ. I'll finish the 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 original yeah, question yeah. with Joe Burrow. Yeah, and the good part, the good, and and say what you want. Look, Joe Burrow started camp off amazing, and last week I don't I don't think he would even say it was his best week. Agreed. But the the crazy thing, and I was I was thinking about this last night. Even when Joe Burrow struggles, I walk away more impressed with Joe Burrow because of how he handles his struggles. Mm-hmm. We saw a day early in camp he struggled in the red zone. He came out the next day and dominated. We saw a practice where he struggled the first part of practice and, and was great killed the, the second part of practice. It was great drill that day. Watching Joe Burrow, he's the first guy I can, I can really see that can move and set and throw all in the same motion. And when you have an offensive line, especially the right side of the offensive line, that's a revolving door right now, you're going to have to do that or else you're going to be late on your throws. And he's got this uncanny ability to still make those throws. But what I think is is interesting on Joe Burrow is week two and week three of camp, the defense starts adding a lot too. Mm-hmm. More exotic blitzes, more exotic looks. They, they got him on a fourth and, and they fourth got and him. score play right. on, on the scrimmage. Yeah. But I feel confident that Joe Burrow will learn from that and continue to make progressions. But Joe Burrow even said after that scrimmage, it was tough because we don't have all our guys out there. Right. He made that statement. So you don't have Joe Mixon. Say what you want. Damian Will- Williams he, was close to winning a Super Bowl MVP last year. He was that good for right. Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Joe Mixon needs to be in the backfield with Joe Burrow. A.J. Green, John Ross, they need to be on the field. Well, Aud- 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 Tate didn't Aud- play. Tate. Yeah, yeah, like Joe Burrow needs that to be successful, Ross. I don't care who you are. You're not going to be able to have chances like that. So as impressed as I am with Joe Burrow on and off the field, uh, you, you need the guys around you. Back to Tony's point, um, Joe starts the scrimmage over three, and two of the incompletions were just awful. I mean, he hit, mm-hmm. I think he hit C.J. Uzama in the back, and he threw behind him another time. And then all of a sudden he goes eight for eight, eight for his next eight. And I think that's the thing that's impressive, too, that, all right, I was 0 for three and I stunk, but you know what? And he even said, I can go 0 for three, 0 for 10, I'm going to keep slinging it around. And I think, 
I think that that to me shows something too, as opposed to what was me. I don't have my best stuff tonight, and I, I no, I went I went over three. I'll go wait for my next eight. And that's the mindset he's going to have to have because whether it's against Baltimore, heck, maybe it's Week One against Sandy or against uh, Los Angeles, he's going to go over six and get popped three times. No question. He's he's going to be. One for four in a game this year with two picks. And going, what is going on out here? Like, <laughs> what the hell just right. happened? You know, and in that partially because of that revolving door, mm-hmm. uh, i.e. Bobby Hart on the offensive line. But even without that, like, he's a rookie quarterback sure. in the preseason. And he has the right mindset. And that's such a it, – it, it's so refreshing because we've seen – quarterbacks come through here and it the Bengals have had pretty good quarterbacks right Carson Palmer was pretty damn mm-hmm. good physically better than Joe Burrow mentally I don't think he was anywhere near mm-hmm. what Burrow is even even now and even later in his career I don't think Palmer was there um the same thing with Andy Dalton I, I don't think he's physically what Burrow was but he, he was a good player and so now you get a guy who is asked to read for example uh, you know uh in front of the team and, and give a statement uh, about social injustice, like they already think he's a leader. Yeah, he's been here for yeah. two weeks. You know, and that was their decision. That was their, their decision. decision. Not yeah. Trey, Trey Hopkins was and, the main speaker, and Joe Burrow was the second speaker. And, yeah, and, and and so like the fact that that's they're asking him that already, they view him as a leader, and I, I think that's that's so huge yeah. because I don't think anyone expects them to go ten and six or anything like that this year. No, so, I think there is a fan that, that, that I think there are people that think he is going to be Superman and going to to throw for forty touchdowns and do some of the, it's just not good. But just, to, just just temper your enthusiasm there. To, just watch him and go. He's going to be really yeah. good, and he's he's just not quite there yet. How and, many games do eleven and eighteen play? Ooh. No, I, well, hang Maybe, on. That's, that's part of the over under. That's part of. Don't jump the gun yet. That's and, part of the over under. And to James' point on that. Uh, you look at, at Joe Burrow. How many times have you seen veteran players rave about a guy off the field? And, dude, it is literally to a man. And, and right. It's, and it's said in different ways. It's not all of a sudden some cardboard cutout speech that they've mm-hmm. all determined they're going to yeah. make. And it's different things different guys are saying. James, we're in those Zooms all the time, and it is always asked of different guys, offense and defense. Yeah. The, and, the, the one consistent thing is his swag. Yes. In, in, in his leadership. But it, but the, the way they get to that point yes. yeah. is always different. That and then the, the aspect that you didn't have rookie minicamp. Mm-hmm. You didn't have OTAs. You didn't have OTAs. And he's out there early in week two making checks at the line of scrimmage, completely controlling the offense, com- completely controlling the huddle. The interesting aspect, and again, he alluded to this after the game, and, and this would never happen in a million years, but he was pleading with Zach Taylor, let me get hit for one day. Yes, yeah. And, and people laugh about that. No, but, I think he wants to understand what that feels like. But for Joe Burrow, mentally, he didn't want his first hit being Bosa off the backside, mm-hmm. and that's the first time I feel good because – Say what you want. We watch scrimmages and, and we watch practice all the time. And every time there's a play, it's like, uh, was that a sack? I don't know. Right. Maybe Joe Burrow doesn't even know because sometimes they blow it dead. Sometimes they let him finish. They the let rep. him finish. Other times he's going to get popped right in the chin, but he doesn't have that fear. So he just stays in the pocket yes. and makes a throw. Yes. And that's a hurdle you have to get over at any level. Certainly if it's Joey Bosa, you know, wheeling in and he comes unblocked and you know you're going to get hit right in the chin, you got to stand in and take that. Would and, you let him get hit? At practice, I, I, think, I, still, I think I would. I don't think I'd let him get hit from the blind side with a helmet to the to the back shoulder blades. Mm-hmm. But I'd let him get yeah. hit. And he, but look, I wouldn't let somebody go at his knees. But I'd, right. let, I'd say, listen, if you come straight on, if you're clean, knock him down. If you're if clean, you're clean, make a clean hit. Yeah, right. Because you would rather have that than again a tight game against the Chargers, uh, a hit, sack, fumble, or something right. like that. He stood in there too long. Cause be- yeah, because he's waiting because the timing isn't there yeah. in his head. And he alluded to that with everything from the scrimmage. He said, look, it, it's hard to get a running game going. When as soon as the guy's around him, they blow the whistle. Yeah, you don't know if he could have broken yep. the tackle, etc. So it's, it's, right. it's look, I, we, we've said we've talked about this since we've done training camp reports. Mm-hmm. Not going live at these practices hurts, 
and it hurts on the offensive side, and it hurts on the defensive side. And I, to me, while I've been impressed with a lot of camp, that's been the most disappointing thing is with no preseason games. Because let's be honest, even if, if it's preseason week three and Joe Burrow is playing a half, he's getting hit. In the back of his mind, he still knows he can get hit. Mm-hmm. And he probably he is knows getting, in practice that he can't get hit. And he hit. probably is getting hit in week right. three of a preseason game. Correct. Right? For sure. I mean, yeah. So, so I, I just thought they would implement that one time um, over the course of one of these. You're practices. right. I, I thought we would have seen, if there was any, speaking of over under, I would have taken the over on a number of live periods Reps, right. compared to past pre or past yeah. training camps. And because I don't you think had games was, to have live periods. And I don't think it was more. No. I, was it? It might have been live, more live, and certainly more full pads, but there was no live tackling. Yeah, it was so, just yeah, bumped. Right. Yeah, yeah that, that's Condensed it. Condensed offseason. Yeah. Man. I, I, thought, I thought we would see and, more of it. And by the way, I saw a stat, and, and I forget who put it out there, but knock on wood, serious injuries across the NFL are like twenty five percent of where oh, they've the, been in each of the first last few oh, yeah. weeks. First few weeks are going to be terrible. It's going to be yeah, yeah. it's going to be carnage. It and, really and, truly and, is. and that's the scary part is yeah. because they haven't happened yet. Well, when are they going to happen? Yeah. When the hitting starts. Now in that scrimmage Sunday, Joe Burrow was not sharp on something he's been really sharp on. I'll get both you guys take on this. I think he's going to be really, really good at unscripted plays. He did not. He missed mm-hmm. a couple guys on Sunday. I think T. Higgins was one where he just barely let him out of bounds mm-hmm. and he couldn't keep his feet in. There was another one I'm missing off the top. Boyd, I think. Yeah, Boyd, I think he had Ozama one one time deep, too, and he underthrew it. Um, But the thing that you watch in camp, I I think he does a great job of knowing when to bail out. He's always got his eyes down the field looking for something. And the other thing he can do really well is rolling left. I think he turns and squares and throws the ball as well as anybody rolling left. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. As much as I like Andy Dalton, and I'm probably a bigger fan than most, as you know, if the play was unscripted, it wasn't happening with Andy. Mm -hmm. It just was not going to come close to happening. With Joe Burrow, I think they got a chance to make – you know, a big play, a game off of unscripted stuff. Especially with these weapons. Yeah. I mean, how easy is it going to be for Boyd to come open? Well, he, did, remember, remember he, talked, he talked about that. I'm such a good route runner that yep. I know when something's done and I have to break it off and where to go, and I think I'm going to be really good at that. Yep. And so you, you got Boyd. You got Green, who obviously could do that. Uh, Ross, whose speed alone makes him a threat there. And then even a guy like Mixon. So, yeah, extending the plays. It's funny, a couple of years ago, Andy Dalton – and the Bengals got off to, I think it was 4-1 start, and he was making a couple plays off script, and people were like, whoa, Andy Dalton. Well, it comes natural to Joe Burrow. Right. And it, it doesn't have to be forced, and it doesn't have to be this thing that they they work on because it's just a natural feel. It's his natural instincts. And I think that those are the type of things that uh, that are going to separate him. And it, it might not be, uh, again, great you know, early on this year, but I think those are the plays by the end – of 2020, we're like, whoa. Yeah, that's the, that's the, the difference maker. The, the Bengals got one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, you know, you, you watch him in college, and he did it all the time. But then you, you come into the NFL camp, and you're like, this is the NFL now. Yeah. And then watching him, I mean, he's not a 4-4 guy. He's but quick he, enough. But he he's quick, quick enough. He's and he quick. just, he's in so much control of his, like I said, when he's moving, he's still in control of his upper body. Even if he's sliding, if he's pushing, if he's running, he's always in control, and, and the ball can come out like that. So, when you watch Joe Burrow, if you, I mean, obviously, if you're listening, you haven't had a chance to see him because practices have been closed. But when you watch him, you'll be you'll be taken away early on watching him of how he escapes the pocket and keeps and his eyes downfield. Make something happen. It's one thing to escape the pocket and go, all right, I'm just going to head for the boundary and and get my throw ass the out ball of bounds. Away. Or throw Fourth the ball down, away. I'm going to throw it out of bounds. Right. right. I mean, he's a guy looking downfield. He's going to make something happen. And the only time I think you'll see him do that is when he keeps running, keeps extending, keeps extending, and realizes, all right, I got to I got to live for another down at this point. Which expect already there'll be a time or two this year where he tries to do it and the ball gets intercepted. Yes. 
which yeah. is part of those growing. That's why Peyton Manning threw so many interceptions his rookie year, trying to make a play. Because he was just at at some point, you just try to figure out, okay, it's not our year this year. Let me see what I can get away with mm-hmm. in the NFL. Let me see how how much I can push this issue. And I think that's what Joe Burrow will get this. Is year. that the guy he reminds you of? Is no, it Peyton? no. I I would go more. Man, that's a good question. I'd go more Aaron Rodgers as goofy as it sounds. I because I just I love his release. Yeah, quick um, release. I think Aaron Rodgers, when he scrambles, I don't think he's always looking to scramble for yards. I think he's looking to scramble around to buy time. Mm-hmm. And how many unscripted plays has that poor guy had to make with his poor offensive line play? A ton. A ton. Footwork, the footwork it doesn't have the arm there. of Rodgers. No, no, no. But but if you're asking who he reminds me yeah, of, that, that, in, in that regard, he reminds me of that. Yeah, the, the thing that stood out to me when you were describing you know second week and him making checks at the line and stuff, I'm like, number one pick doing that. That's Peyton. Like from me- a mental, a mental, mental yeah, standpoint, yeah, yeah I, physically, Mentally. physically, he can move better than because Peyton. Peyton never made on scrum. I mean, Peyton right. was in the pocket and he was yeah. just going to deliver it on time Absolutely. with a bullet, right? I he's mean, a, he's yeah. a mixture because Rodgers can move, but then not even step into a throw and fire at sixty yeah, yards. Right, Fli- go, go rolling left and just flick right. his side arm. And you're like, Burrow is still going to square up yeah. and drive off his back leg, but if, you're right. The, the mental side of it, I mean, he's he's a lot further along than any rookie quarterback I've seen uh, at this point. And again, yes, he played in a pro style at LSU. Yes, he had weapons around him. The Bengals have done a good job of incorporating a lot of his LSU stuff. Mm-hmm. You're still asking a guy to make calls in a huddle, go up to the line of scrimmage, make checks, make reads, and he's knocked it out of the park. Realize Bobby point. Hart's the right tackle, and i gotta, yes. I got to slide my protection and, that way and the every last single thing, time. The last thing to that point, you got to announce the starting five soon. Oh, I think, because, it's, I think it's a done deal. Because, I think you saw it Sunday. It's, it's Bobby Hart, the right tackle. Because as bad it. as Bobby Hart's been, at least if you're Joe Burrow, okay, this is what he does well, this is where he struggles. Right. And you can know... Maybe I got to set a, a step shorter on my drop. Maybe I got to slide a half step left. But those are all things that, yeah, as I don't a quarterback, think, you're learning about your offensive line. I don't think you'll see him announce it because I think they want to hide everything they can hide. But I think it's pretty clear cut that Bobby Hart's the right tackle, Suafilo is the right guard, Hopkins is the center. Michael Jordan was back at the scrimmage mm-hmm. after he missed for paternity uh, leave at left guard, and then and then Jonah Williams at left tackle. I don't think there's yeah. I don't I don't think there's any doubt about that anymore, right? No doubt, zero. Uh, but if there is one knock on what the Bengals did this offseason. Not getting another right tackle. Not bringing Man. someone else in. Uh, I, I just I don't think, think you can fix everything in one offseason. Doubled, well, I know, I, I they know, doubled I know. down and then they tripled down well, well, on their I, offensive line. I, yeah. in, in hindsight, paying Trey Wayne's 42. It was, it, it, it was a big pay to begin with, let alone then the guy gets hurt on top of it. And, and I, I don't even mean, even if he was healthy, I would say that. No, I agree. And taking that money and putting it into the offensive line right. instead. Trey Wayne's that would have been what I would have rather. Sixth highest paid corner in football. And, and he's, he's a number two corner. Yeah. Well, sixth highest paid. Yeah, and he to come he, be the number and two. And he did not play like that in Minnesota. I mean, he no. didn't play well enough I, to, to be that guy. I would be shocked if anyone was offering him Man. really anywhere near that. Oh, agreed. Yeah, yeah I, maybe I, ten. I maybe he was getting offered ten. Now, you could also argue that we've we've asked the Bengals to overpay to bring people in, right? Yeah. And well, they did that to I'm show glad that, they got to him. show there's a change. Yeah, and I would much rather get him than not use that money. Even though it it sounds tough, because but I'm just saying. Why didn't you just invest? Like, Jack Conklin got the exact same mm-hmm. deal. Just to bring up the Browns, the same deal as Trey Waynes from the Browns. Yeah, and and he's a plug-and-play right and, tackle. And he's a right tackle. That's, That's the other part. It's not like you're saying, hey, I want to move a left tackle right. He was a great right yeah. tackle. That's the, what you needed. And the thing in the NFL, if you have a good left tackle, a good center, and a good right tackle, you can, do it. You you can, can do hide like, those correct. guards a little correct. bit. If your right side of the whole line is a revolving door, because Xavier Suofilo, I think, to me, has been disappointing a little bit. He's a journeyman. Yeah, I, mean, I he thought was a, he's a, he, he was a bust in Houston. I, I'll be honest. He I'm, was a bust. Like it was. I, I'm not so sure he's an upgrade over John Miller. I don't think John Miller was great, but I'm not sure You're Xavier right. Suofilo is an upgrade. You're correct. I would. I wouldn't be shocked if if Xavier didn't start all 16. 
Oh, I don't like, think it'll happen. Yeah, and I don't mean because of health. I mean because of performance. Yes, so I agree with that. Redmond got you know past his physical yesterday. Yeah, and won't be ready for week one to no, play. No, but yes, no, no yeah, but he'll start practicing here. And oh, Billy Price. Yeah, man. Billy Price? My Billy, man. Billy Price gives you this. He at least has started games at center and guard and is at least a, a guy that can play both in a pinch. Let's good just, backup. We'll just leave it. That's right. That's good backup, Tony. Tony backup. All right, I got two games I want to play. First wow. is, let's rank the quarterbacks in the AFC Central, or the AFC North, rather. Um, and I we just, start with Lamar, so that part's easy. Rank the other three behind Lamar. James, sure I'll start with Lamar? you. If you you want to go Joe first? You what? Ho- you homer you? Did you want to go? I'm not going to go Joe first. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. No, I think Gosh, can, can we agree? Why? Can we agree on Lamar being number one? Lamar should, yeah, and he should actually be in stripes, but they wanted Billy Price. So, yeah, Lamar won. <laughs> yes. It's true. Okay. Lamar's one. We can agree on that. So, the, the rank the next three. And I want to see where we all come with this. I think we're all going to come with the same order, but we'll see. Really? Yeah. Go ahead. Are we? Um, whew, this is tough. I, I'll go Ben two. Mm, then we're not going to go the same. Bur- <laughs> Burrow three. Baker four. Okay. But it's it's really close. I know I, that. And honestly, if you told me Baker ended up number one at the end of this year, I wouldn't be shocked. Like, that's how close Out. it is to me. Okay. Wrong. Lamar, Baker, Burrow, Ben. Okay. That's where it's at. Because I don't know Ben coming off an injury. and I, did, that, I mean, Ben doesn't have the weapons I'm with, either. I, I, the funny part is, I think I go with your exact same order. I definitely have Ben fourth. I was flip-flopping between Baker and, and Joe, but I think Baker's been through such a train wreck, and you were close enough to it, James. Mm-hmm. They had a fresh start with at least a common voice, and he's talked about just shutting yeah. his yap. I, I think I put Baker the second only, as well. And he's got the best weapons, yes. right. arguably, yes. in the league outside yes. of Kansas City. The only way, yes. I, and, and, and for Baker, not just weapons. They get Austin, Austin Hooper. Uh, they get they obviously have it's the receiving core back. It's a weapon, though. Yes, and the running game. People forget Kareem Hunt's there now. And, and, and Joku, after he decided he Nick wanted to be Chuck, traded, decided not, not to be traded. And they doubled down team. on their offensive line. Right. So they're protecting him. And if you're Baker Mayfield, it's almost like put up or shut up this year. And he knows it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go Baker too and Burrow just because of the unknowns. Yeah, and I'm three. going I'm going Ben fourth too. I, I just at his age coming off that injury with not as many weapons as he's had, I just don't I see. I just don't see James. It. This who, is the problem with people. Who's Roethlisberger? Everyone just, James, just just decides to bury the Hall of Famers. Juju Smith and AJ James Conner is done. Ben Roethlisberger is done. Who's our second option? Juju, ben James Conner. I might, I might take Terry Bradshaw ahead of Ben, ben right Roethlisberger now. Ben Roethlisberger could retire right now, and he's easily going to probably. No, no question. Probably. No, what does that have to do with that him That has nothing now? to do with anything right now, though. Have you seen him? He looks in pretty good shape. He's in better shape than Tony. Is Tom, is, his dad is, bod is, right is now. Tom Brady the best quarterback in the NFL? He's number two. Or no, three. I would oh, have. I, I would. I would take. I would take. For this year, I would take Mahomes and Wilson over Brady. That's it. Not even – yeah, easy. Brady's this, three. This, this you mean gonna... Mahomes and, 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 uh, and Lamar? Mahomes and Wilson. Oh, you said Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson? Yeah. Okay. This, this, I would take this Wilson out of Lamar. This will quickly Ooh. turn into James Rapine Memorial Studio again. <laughs> for, for what? Oh. After these takes. Because Tom Brady's still really good? Man. Man. Give me. Can you tell me Ben Roethlisberger's third option this year? No. Juju Smith, no. James Conner. Th- that's the argument. That okay. is the argument. That's part of it. Okay. His age but, coming off that injury but, and the less weapons. Okay, so the weapons. But we're talking about rank the quarterbacks. I'm now, still now, now, right now. Now, if we're doing fantasy value, sure. I would go Lamar, Baker, Burrow, Ben. Because of weapons. Because of fantasy. But if I'm talking quarterback rankings and who's the most capable... I would still probably put Ben too. That could change by week five. Mm. 
Washington. But as of right two. now. Why are we burying the Pittsburgh Steelers who haven't gone worse than 8-8 eight eight since Mike Tomlin got there? I don't think anyone's burying him. I'm just saying at quarterback. At, oh, yeah. At quarterback. Yeah, he's, he's Mason Rudolph out there. They got the best defense My in the God. AFC North. They're going to win a lot of games 10-7. to seven. Yep. For sure. He's going to score 35 week one, and you guys are going to be. Uh, uh, hey, if we are, we'll come into this very yep. show in the next Tuesday. D- D- Deontay Johnson can't play? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Deontay okay. Johnson can't play? What other, what other game gonna, you got? Leonard Fournette's going to end up there, too. I, I, I've got a game of over-under, and I've got a handful of Bengals players. I'm going to set a number, and you tell me if they play over that or under that. And I'll oh. start with Joe Mixon. All right. Oh. One. If they play over. more than one game. Over, over or under? Joe Mixon? One. Over. over. You sure? A hundred percent. You sure we see him week one? Yes. Mm. Oh. Zach Taylor wasn't very committal. Zach, he's Zach not Taylor an, was like Zach Taylor's not answered the question. We'll get him in there when we see about, him. You know, when he's that, ready. That and when he's been asked, is this contract related? He said his answer to it was, oh and I quote God. you, was, "You don't think this is contract related?" See, I'm not out. saying that. Go ahead. Okay. His answer to that question was. Joe's never done anything but tell us the truth. Yeah. Okay, that didn't answer the question. Do you think this is contract-related? I think it's every bit contract-related. James related. wasn't here last year. He didn't follow the Cordy Glenn situation. He didn't or follow the A.J. Green, AJ AJ Green, Green. situation. James, is, he's been out for a year. He doesn't understand. He's been in hell. He's coming he's back to hell. I didn't it's hard. Follow. Come back from hell's hard. You don't hell. think I followed the Bengals? No. L- like when John Ross was on pace oh. for 1,300 yards after four weeks? I'll say I'll, I'll say over because he's got to play. At well, I've said one. it at a ridiculously stupid number because yeah. I if he, if he if he plays, he's going to he's going to be out there week one. What are we seeing though? Alvin Kamara well, missing practice. Mm-hmm. Um, Guys, what Dalvin what? Cook? We saw Melvin Gordon last yeah. year sit for a bit. Here's, here's what the did deal: that do? It, his value tanked, and he had an awful year, and he got eight million dollars for two years, which right well, nothing. But if I'm the nothing. Bengals, the last thing I want is, fired is a Kamara and a Dalvin Cook deal to get done before mixing. Because then the, the line is set, and you're not going to well, be listen, able to have the wiggle room. Kamara is better than Joe, though. You're, you're, you're and down, I would tell Joe that. You're down to 10 days to get this deal done. There's no, Once the season Cook starts. Better? No. And Dalvin Cook was Dalvin one. Cook's never 15 million? He can ask for whatever he wants. Dalvin Cook is, is pretty good. He's not even that great. What's, what's the I level? Wouldn't, I wouldn't pay Dalvin What's Cook, the level actually? of respect and disrespect to Joe Mixon contract-wise? He, they, they want Derrick Henry money. Twelve and, and a half, and they're not going to get that. I, I, I would I, offer him ten. I, I said, I said four years, thirty-six mil, twenty of it guaranteed. I, I was at four forty. Okay, yeah, anything, and whatever, in, in that guaranteed. guaranteed. Yeah, yeah, in that range. Anything below nine, nine and a half is disrespectful to Mixon, and he's not going to sign. And well, so the, Melvin Gordon's making eight. Right. So, but he's we, better than Gordon. Then I go back to if he doesn't sign the extension, does he play? And this is the only, this is the only way that Joe Mixon can control. His contract because he the NFL NFL makes it very tough for guys to hold out. It's impossible to hold out anymore. Right. But what you can but do is have migraines is for migraines, a bit. and then you can then you can have an owie ankle for a little bit, and then you can have um um you know maybe I got migraines again for yeah. a little bit, and then I go out and practice. And, oh my shoulder! I mean you can. I watched Cordy Glenn. I watched AJ Green do. Of all people, I watched AJ Green pull this last year, and I understand it. I'm not blaming. Trust me, when anybody listen, listen, I am not blaming Joe Mixon. This is his leverage point. Mm-hmm. The last thing that poor kid needs to have happen is week three. He's playing. Somebody chops his knee out, and yep. he he now doesn't sign that contract. And that's where we're at in this league of players are figuring out, I, I've got this year of leverage. How can I leverage this into an extension with my team? And if I don't get that, look, I was a good soldier. I reported to camp on time. I participated mm-hmm. in camp the way you asked me to. I'm going to get my year of service because of that. And now I've got migraines for a week. A.J. Green looked like an all-pro receiver pregame of games last year. Yes. Running on the yes. field. Yes. And then 
wasn't able to go. And I get it. That was his leverage point for it. And he still got a pretty good deal this year at 18 and a half mil as a franchise tag. Mm-hmm. Look, I know I've set this number ridiculous only because I think he's either extended in plays and if he's not extended, I just am a believer. I don't think he does it. You I don't really think don't. he plays at all? I don't. At all? I don't. And I hope I'm wrong. Then he's then he's going to miss this whole... If, if he misses this whole year, he's going to be under team control again. It's going to be a useless... No, no, no. He'll get his year of service time. That's it. He's already reported. He, again, yeah. you can play this game of, I've got migraines one week. Okay. Now my ankle hurts this week. So it week. won't technically be a holdout. That's It'll be correct. Any, right. I see what that, you're that's saying. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I, not, I'm not telling I, you it's going to be a holdout. That's the game that they that, have to play. And, that, so, and James, that's what we've seen this it, week, it, right? Because they're still negotiating the contract at this point. So his whole stance is, I ain't playing right now. I ain't going to get hurt in this camp if we're getting close to a contract negotiation. Or you're still Are they close? I don't know. And, and honestly, I don't it know the answer. Feel it doesn't feel like they're even close. It feels like they're miles apart. Here's the other thing then. If that is the case. And you're the Bengals, and you know that, and you just said it. You saw it last year. Don't you say Fournette? Do you trade him? It's a great. I, I, I'm that's, dead a, that's, ass a, that's a great question. I didn't say Four, Fournette runs slower than me, dude. They should sign me. I'm fast right now. He's four eight. Fournette is what he is. Oh man, I, <laughs> no, I'll easily get James. Four, that's six. a great question, and, and I think it's the question that Tony and I asked a lot last year about AJ Green. Mm-hmm. When you were at that impasse with AJ Green at the trade deadline, do you try to get some value for him, knowing that at the very best he's going to play on a franchise tag that he doesn't want? Then you're another year down the road with his age, and then you still haven't seen him play. And so, that's a great question. That's a great I, question. I was fine keeping AJ because I think he he Burrow just benefits so much from him. As long as he, he here's plays. what I would do. Burrow, Burrow also benefits from Joe Mixon. He, here, and it's I agree. He's not out there. No doubt. But it, we're talking about a, a 24 year old kid, and if he's really you think he's going to sit out that long? Here, here's a trade idea. Okay. I got one. Just as we we've talked about this, I'd call Tampa and say I want your one and Keyshawn Vaughn. Unless Tampa decides Leonard Fournette's their answer. Mm-hmm. Joe Mixon is so I'm not, much better. I'm not disagreeing with that. If but you, again, you better make that deal before they go ahead and sign, sign what, Fournette what, too, what, right? You would do that if you're the Bengals, right? The Jaguars. I think I would. I think, I would. The Jaguars, and I think if I'm Tampa, I would do it. Especially because Joe Mixon's the best running back that Brady's James, played with since Corey Dillon. Yeah. Because, James, if we're at the stage here, if you're the Bengals, and you decide you've set a figure, he's set a figure, and at this stage you're not going to get anything done, he's going to go to free agency. If you can't pay him now in an extension format where you're probably going to at least get a little more team-friendly deal than if he goes all the way to free agency, right, mm-hmm. where other teams are able to bid on his services, I think you lose him anyway. You, you very well might. And here's yeah. the other thing. You have all these other free agents to be. If William in, Jackson has a big year, in you're, you're going to Sam tag, Hubbard has a big year? Well, hang on. In the potential of a salary cap being 175 mil, being yep. reduced because of no fans. And, and so you're going to tag the corner. Correct. Versus mm-hmm. the right. running back. Yes, right. You're going to tag. Heck, what if Carl Lawson has 14 sacks this year? I'm, I'm uh, not saying that. Wait, wait till I set the over-under for his games here in a minute. <laughs> no, no I know. But, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, like, sir. What, what, sure. what if that sure. happens? And and so, yeah, if if you're like, hey, there's no way we're ever paying him $12 million per year. Well, if Mixon goes out and has 1,800 yards from scrimmage this year, guess what? He's going to get that. That's mm-hmm. right. If he has 60 catches Look, and, and, and plays really well, and that's what he should do, that's where I would be, but he clearly I, is not there. But See, I get it, though, James, because if you suffer a career-threatening injury, you've blown any potential. I mean, we're talking he is at the stage of that contract for him where it's life-changing money. Mm-hmm. You can argue that, that the the – the rookie contract pays him nice. It's good money for a kid coming right out of college, right? Sure. You you got some good money coming right out of college. We're talking life changing this next contract. I'm yeah. not threatening my career for that. Right. And 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 the last thing for, for Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon made his yardage the last two years behind an awful offensive line. I mean you look at the first half of last year where they were on pace to historically bad. He was turning negative four yard runs into two yard yeah. gains. Yeah. 
he's a special back. I don't any way you slice it. He's he's one of the top five running backs in the league for me. He's going to get paid one way or the other, and I think he knows he's one of the top five running backs in the league. And if he feels disrespected, if the Bengals are coming at seven or eight million a year, yeah, I think that's where they are. I think and if right that's where there. they are, then he's not going to play. Yeah. All right, I got sixty seconds, so I got to do all these over unders quickly. Yep, let's go. John Ross, eight and a half over. Under. AJ Green, Eight ten and a half over. Over and AJ Green, a trade piece. If 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 a this tra- team, oh, get if this here. team is two yeah, and six, like we'll talk about this next week. But that's if a they're good two and six, he's a trade piece. Carl mind. Lawson, eight and a half. Under. Over. I'm going under there, too. Uh, Joe Burrow, 12 and a half. Over. Oh, man. What? Oh. What What uh, do you think? There's going to be a half a season? Over. I'll say. I'll Don't say, forget who's at right tackle. Man. I correct, know. I correct. know. <laughs> <laughs> Riley <laughs> Reef, baby. Uh, Joey Bur- uh, uh, Bosa and Miles Garrett in a five-day five stretch yeah. in the first two games. I'll say over because I trust in Joe Burrow's movement. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll leave He's it. He's fast. Guys. I'll leave it. All right. Hey, great, great first podcast of the year. We'll be back next week to talk some more high school, college, and NFL and Bengals. For Tony Pike and James Rapine, I'm Richard Skinner. This has been the Angry Quarterbacks from the SP Media.